The Power Zone Sports Podcast is presented by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, our realtor, Stahl Alvarado, and our newest sponsor, Jeffrey Shainer and JaVale Vacation Rentals. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is good. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swag lane drive left field. Wonder on his end. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome into the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. Hope everybody's having a good week as we wrap up the month of November. Hope everybody took care of their uh, special someone, if you have one, for Valentine's Day a couple weeks back. And uh, we have a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk all things March Madness. We're about two weeks away from Selection Sunday. We're going to talk with TJ Reeves about uh, the tournament selection process. We're going to talk about the Alabama situation involving Brandon Miller. We're going to talk about some uh, conferences, some at-large bids, some bid stealers, and all in between. And uh, TJ and I are going to have the pleasure of calling the Big South uh, championship game, conference championship game in Charlotte on Sunday, March the 5th on TuneIn, on the TuneIn radio platform, online platform. So if you're a TuneIn subscriber, definitely check us out at 1 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to have the Big South uh, Conference Championship uh, scenario. We don't know who's in the game yet, obviously, but teams like Radford and Longwood and North Carolina Asheville, uh, the, that, that group of teams, Winthrop, they're all going to be battling it out for the automatic bid from the Big South. Uh, in Charlotte, and so we'll be uh, flying up on Saturday and catching the semifinals, and then we'll be calling the action on Sunday in the uh, championship game of the Big South there to to earn the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. But uh, it'll be a great time of the year for all the schools around the country, from big conferences to little conferences, everywhere in between. It's the one kind of tournament where everybody gets an opportunity to win a national championship. All 300 and I think it's 51 Division One basketball teams will have an opportunity to punch their ticket to get into March Madness and thus obviously win a national championship. Not not uh, that's uh, not the case in all uh, the the intercollegiate athletic sports, but it is in college basketball. Every team can say they have a chance to win a national title, regardless of their record, regardless of their conference. You will have an opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament by winning your conference championship and earning that spot. And then obviously you'll be in the big bracket of 68 teams. As we move, before we get to a couple thoughts, uh, I want to give a shout out to my mom who had her birthday this week, Nancy Carter. She uh, turned a very uh, young 78 this week. So give a shout out to her. Thanks for all you have done for me, mom. And uh, we had a nice little birthday celebration on Tuesday evening here in the Tampa Bay area. So, again, shout out to mom for uh, her birthday. And also, uh, uh, so 
Shout out to moms. Don't forget your mom's birthday. So always, always, always tell your mom that you love her because uh, you never know when uh, that could end. So, again, give a shout out to uh, all the teams in the Big Ten for uh, for you know contributing to the to the uh, Michigan State Spartan Strong uh, revival as obviously Michigan State back to playing some back to playing college basketball after a uh, almost a week of of uh, off time, morning time on the campus. Obviously, there the, the, the campus will continue to mourn the loss of the three students. Uh, they did again. They did take a uh, new several day uh, hiatus from you know intercollegiate athletics and school functions and all that stuff. But uh, Michigan State did start playing over the weekend again. Had a very spirited game with Michigan, and then on Tuesday night they in their first home game back in East Lansing beat the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, so good again. Good, very uh, commendable by all the teams in the Big uh, Big Ten for all the support they're providing at Michigan State and all the teams around the country su- uh, su- supporting Michigan State and going through the tragedy that they went through. So, a um, couple notes before we get to TJ Reeves NBA All Star Games wrapped up last weekend. That is an unwatchable event. I mean, the worst ratings, I think, in the history of the the All-Star game were recorded. Just the action on the court was just, uh, you know, it's it's not even even plausible. Uh, It's unwatchable. You know, they don't even, not that you have to try hard, but they they just show such a lack of effort and kind of a disregard for the game and for the, a little, showing a little bit of competitiveness in the game. You know, the, uh, that, that's the part that's kind of hard to, to absorb. I understand maybe the first quarter having a little fun, but after that, can we please try to play a little bit of, uh, a little bit of effort and a little bit of defense and, and make it uh, somewhat of a competitive situation? Uh, you know, you got guys shooting half-court shots and all that kind of good stuff and nothing but a layup line and a dunk fest. Uh, you know, so just hard for me to watch as we uh, wrap up. About the most teams have about twenty to twenty-five games left of the regular season. Uh, the Hawks, uh, if you didn't see that, the Hawks uh, fired Nate McMillan during the All Star break. Uh, speculation is that Quinn Snyder, the former Utah Jazz coach, will come in to Atlanta and be the new head coach. That has not been finalized yet, but that seems to be the speculation that has the most legs. Is that he may jump in Atlanta's number eight in the uh, Eastern Conference. Need a little, little, little spurt, a little burst. Try to get them in the playoffs. Obviously, out west, you're going to have uh, the, the arrival of Kevin Durant pretty soon out in Phoenix. For that, uh, see how they they mesh and gel together the last 20 games or so in Phoenix. You have the Lakers on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Uh, in the East, it's pretty much to me. It's probably Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee are the three teams that are going to be vying for that. Uh, Eastern Conference, and again, out west, you probably have five or six teams that can legitimately claim that they could win the Western Conference. Right now, uh, Denver's in the number one slot. Can Nikola Jokic uh, hold on to win his third consecutive MVP? I don't think they will vote for him just because they don't want to put him in the category of Bird, and I think uh, Chamberlain are the only, maybe Bill Russell, the only guys that have won three consecutive MVPs. Not even Michael Jordan or LeBron have won three in a row. So I don't think that they're going to give. Uh, I don't think they're going to. They're going to reward Nikola Jokic with three in a row. But I may be wrong. But that's kind of the the headlines as we head towards the uh, the finish line of the NBA season. Again, the All Star Game is kind of a disgrace. 
and tough to watch. But uh, good for uh, Dame Lillard. I watched a little bit of the three-point competition. Lillard won on the on the final three-point shot of the competition, so that was good to see. And then Mac McClung, kind of the, the 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 guy that came out of nowhere. He's a G leaguer. He just signed with the Philadelphia 76ers about a week prior to the dunk contest. Comes in and wins the dunk contest. Kind of an unheralded guy. Uh, three. I actually watched some of that as well. Three excellent dunks. Uh, didn't miss any dunks, which was the good thing too. He did. It's not like he missed two or three dunks before he finally made them. He uh, executed the dunks flawlessly, and good for Nate and uh, Mac McClung for winning the dunk contest and put a little change in his pocket. Uh, and hopefully, he sticks up, sticks with the Philadelphia 76ers. You had Kevin Love got bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers and ended up in Miami, so that'll be interesting to see. Russell Westbrook. Ends up with the Clippers after he was bought out following the trade to Utah. So there'll be a couple of the, more of those kind of moves that you'll see probably in the next week or so about guys being bought out of their contracts and kind of going to contenders. So we'll see how that stuff unfolds. So uh, NFL-wise, salary caps are being uh, – teams have to be at this under the salary cap by March 15th. You're going to see a lot of player – Teams get cut. A lot of guys get cut or restructured contracts here in the next week or so. The Titans have already uh, whacked three or four guys from their roster, and you're going to see a lot more guys getting cut to get under the, for teams to get under the salary cap. I know the Buccaneers down here are way over the salary cap, so they're going to have to make some moves about some veteran players. So you're going to see some big-name guys get released and thus consign elsewhere. We hopefully will find out what the Aaron Rodgers situation decision is. Hopefully he comes out of his uh, his uh, retreat of darkness, whatever the hell that means, and wherever the hell that was at some point this week, and we hear from Rodgers what he's going to do. I don't think there's any way in the world he retires. I think Green Bay is going to end up trading him, whether it's to the Jets, the Raiders, maybe a team in the NFC, I doubt. Probably a team in the AFC uh, will be the landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Sounds like the Packers have been, you know, are, are – are on, on board with making a move with Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like they're going to give Jordan Love an opportunity to see what they've gotten Jordan Love. Remember, he was a first-round draft pick going into year four, so they need to see what he can do because they have to make a contractual decision on him after year four. Um, but I do expect Aaron Rodgers to be dealt. Um, again, does he go to the Raiders? Does he go to, to the Jets? Potentially somewhere else. We'll see. Um, and that will obviously be the first domino to fall before you before I think you see any movement with Derek Carr, who's already visited a couple teams. So I think Carr is going to wait to see what the Jets do to see where Derek Carr is going to end up. I would not break the bank for Derek Carr again. If you're given Derek for me, if you're giving Derek Carr more than three years, you're probably giving him too much. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any way in the world I'm giving him $40 million, but he's probably going to probably gonna command that because of the scarcity of good quarterbacks. You got decisions in New York with Daniel Jones and the Giants. You know, it sounds like Daniel Jones is asking for like 40, 40, 40 to $45 million on a four or five year deal. Are you crazy if you give that guy that much money? He had a good year, a little bit of a revival with Dayball, but he did not have an elite season. I know he didn't have elite weapons at wide receiver. Um, you know, they obviously still have Saquon Barkley, who they could franchise tag, but we'll be interested to see what the Giants do with Derek Carr, uh, whether they, or excuse me, Daniel Jones, and what and what potentially happens with Derek Carr. Potentially New Orleans, potentially Carolina for Derek Carr, maybe even Tampa potentially with Derek Carr, and obviously if Aaron Rodgers 
goes to back to Green Bay and or gets traded to somewhere other than the Jets, then I do think the Jets would be pretty interested in Derek Carr as well. So, um, again, you've seen some coaching moves may, being made. Uh, Gannon got hired in Arizona. Shane Steichen in Indianapolis. You're seeing a lot of different uh, positional uh, position changes between co- amongst coaches. Todd Munkin gets hired as the OC in Baltimore. What will Baltimore do with Lamar Jackson? We get into that with TJ Reeves as well here later in the podcast. So check that out. What we think of what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and some different options there. So uh, good show for you. Again, TJ Reeves, Buccaneers Radio Network. He's also does a daily uh, college hoops show on BetUS TV online. So check that out. Subscribe to the channel. You'll get to hear uh, TJ every day talking college hoops, gambling angles, all that kind of good stuff with his uh, – his plethora of handicappers and basketball guys from around the country. They're going to talk all things as we approach uh, the college tournament season here. We've got about another week and a half of the small conferences and about another two weeks of the big conferences having their uh, regular seasons wrapping up, and then we'll head to conference tournament week. Again, uh, Selection Sunday will be the 12th of March. A very cool day, 6 o'clock, CBS. You'll be able to see the brackets, and then obviously that following Thursday will be round one, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, and then you have the play-in games on that Tuesday, Wednesday. So lots of stuff coming up. If you're a College Hoops fan in the next month, great time. Again, a lot of, lot of action in the NFL world that's going to be coming up. Are you watching the XFL? Mm, I watched a couple of minutes of it last week, I must admit, in the opening weekend uh, of the XFL, I did watch a few minutes, not not much, but the, you know, the football was okay. Um, they are doing some cool things technologically with the replays and the reviews and some of the, the rule changes I like, but the, the quality of play has been so-so. We'll see how that goes um, as they progress throughout the XFL season. So um, lots to do. Spring training is underway. You're going to see spring training games starting in Florida and Arizona later this week over the weekend. And then you'll have about another five weeks of that as we approach opening day in late late March, 1st of April. So again, the uh, spring training circuit will get underway uh, in full force, I think, this weekend with games and such in your favorite little towns in Arizona and Florida. So plenty to do, plenty to watch. Appreciate you finding us. Love to hear from you. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions you'd love to have answered, reach out to me on Twitter at JPO Sports. Uh, love to help you and answer those questions for you. Love to hear from you at JPO Sports. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe on your podcast platform or on all the major podcast platforms you can find us. Uh, again, check out my YouTube channel, the Jason Powers Sports Channel, where we post all the video interviews and such. So you'll be able to catch TJ's video interview if you'd like to see us our pretty faces on YouTube instead. And also want to give a shout out to the Press Box Sports Radio Show based out of Atlanta. I'm doing some uh, work with with Mike Grace and company and those guys here this week. And uh, we'll be doing some stuff in the future with uh, the Press Box uh, Radio Show. So if you're in the Southeast, you can check out PressBoxRadio.com. There's an app, the Press Box. Find the app, Mike Grace. Again, has a lot of tremendous guys that we do some interviews with. Uh, he, know, he knows guys from all over the country, whether it's uh, SEC, whether it's guys like Tim Brando, Ian Eagle, uh, basketball analysts, all the such, whatever the topics of the day are. Again, SEC-centric, NFL, college football, everything and in between, March Madness. 
is all covered on the press box with host Mike Grace, and uh, I, I'll do some occasional work with Mike, filling in for, for he and his uh, other co-hosts, and enjoy doing that. Appreciate Mike for giving me that opportunity. So appreciate you finding us on Powers on Sports Podcast. Again, love to hear from you at JPO Sports on Twitter, and enjoy my chat in just a couple of minutes with TJ Reeves talking March Madness and NFL free agency. Have a great week. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to be a first-time home buyer looking to upsize or even downsize your current property situation? Reach out to Jason Powers at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404, anywhere in the state of Florida. Let's get you pre-approved, figure out how much money, how much house you can afford, whether it's an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo loan, even bank statement loans if you're self-employed, we can help you. You need to buy, you want to build a home. We got a new construction loan available for you. Are you looking to renovate your home? There are renovation loans available and we are experts in the renovation loan it part of the uh, home financing business. Reach out to me, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. From Miami to Orlando to Jacksonville in Pensacola and anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending where it, my loan gets you into your home. Now a word from Jaleel Vacation Rentals as we enter the 2023 vacation season. If you are heading to the Caribbean, down to St. Martin's this vacation season, reach out to Verbo.com, listing number 650201 to rent your perfect penthouse condo that overlooks St. Martin's and the ocean. This two-bedroom, two-bath condo, use the promo code JASON23 when reserving it with Jeffrey Shaner, 941-830-0056. And again, Verbo.com, V-R-B-O.com, listing number 650201. You can reserve this condo anytime throughout 2023. The condo and St. Martin's is half Dutch and half French. It's a beautiful vacation spot for both your family and or that special loved one in your life. So reach out to Jeffrey Shaner, 941-830-0056, and tell him the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. All right, welcome in, Powers on Sports podcast. Appreciate you finding us. We are back with one of our regulars as we approach March Madness, about two weeks away. No better ter- person to talk some hoops, some NFL. We got NFL free agency coming here in just a couple of weeks. We got some salary cap dumping by some teams around the league already beginning. Mr. TJ Reeves, welcome in, sir. Hey, it's always good to be with you, especially in and around March. It is my favorite month, not just because it's my birthday, but I think this is the best event in sports. Uh, some will argue the NFL playoffs or the Stanley cup playoffs, or, I mean, certainly one-time events. I know you didn't ask this, like the Kentucky Derby, the, the final, uh, the, uh, Indianapolis 500, the masters, right. we know those, but in terms of a, an event, a three weekend event, uh, with all the drama and the little guy getting to get in there with the big guy, there's nothing that beats this. So I'm anxious to talk about that. I have a feeling you're going to have a question or two about the Buccaneers and the new offensive coordinator and who's going to play quarterback. I'm looking forward to all of this. It's good to be with you. Yeah, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Mr. Reeves is the uh, sideline reporter for the Buccaneers, part of the Buccaneer Radio Network. He also hosts 
college basketball show on bet us tv does a little boxing show podcast still has his three dog thursday and we're even going to be calling a little winner yep. take all into march madness with the big south tournament a week from saturday or sunday in charlotte north carolina tell the audience yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Some guy named Jason Powers, for whatever reason, has decided he wants to come be part of my mayhem and my my madness. So for about seven years now, I have been broadcasting games with TuneIn, uh, the online uh, audio giant. They're one of the two big uh, guns along with iHeart. So TuneIn has got tremendous coverage of college sports all through the season and then the uh, Westwood one coverage of conference tournament championship weekend and the NCAA tournament. And I have worked different conference championship games with the automatic bid on the line. Like you're describing all throughout really the last seven years, really eight years. Now this will be, this will be uh, the ninth different season that I've been doing it save for the pandemic crazy season of 2021 um, that it's, it's a ton of fun to go do these conference games and the big South conference You've got UNC Asheville. Uh, again, these aren't household names. Smaller conference, one bid league. More than likely, the winning uh, team for the automatic bid is going to be like a 15 seed, maybe a 16 seed. So it is interesting, Jason, that when you're talking about UNC Asheville, Radford, these are the teams in the Big South Conference and the Carolinas in kind of the mid Atlantic area. High Point, Winthrop, yeah. uh, Longwood. Campbell, these are all the schools, all smaller schools. This is the biggest deal for them. And if they end up winning the automatic bid, they might get in there against an Alabama. They might get in there. It's a one seed. They might Kansas. get in there against a Purdue, a Kansas. Exactly. So we're going to have a front row seat. You and I are going to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, call that game a week from Sunday on March the 5th. We don't know who's going to be there. Right. I mean, UNC Asheville's the top seed. They've won the regular season title. They've had a really good regular season. Uh, they've won again tonight, which is what their 15th league win. But yep. there's no guarantee that the one seed is going to be there. They even have an NBA prospect in Drew Pember, a seven foot athletic big guy. And th there's no guarantee that that ensures them of even being in the championship game, much less winning it. Welcome to March Madness. They may not get there, Brother Powers. And the beauty is, like we all talk about, not everybody makes the sixty the, the field of 68, but every team has a chance. I don't care what your record is. Every team has their chance to get to get to their dream of an yep. NCAA tournament bid. It may not be the 68, but the Radfords of the world, the, the um, Presbyterian, who I know has <laughs> struggled in that league, if you win three games in a row, you're going to the NCAA tournament. And Winthrop has been a team that's won NCAA tournament games before. Remember Greg um, Marshall a, back in the day coached That's at correct. Good call before Wichita State uh, had been at Winthrop, and this is that same league, and let's just see. Let's see what happens, and you're absolutely right. Uh, we'll say this numerous times, whether it's here on Powers on Sports, whether it's the college basketball coast-to-coast -coast coverage with the podcast and the live shows and all the stuff coming in March, there are going to be at least 10 games, at least 10, that have no explanation between now and, like, Final Four time. How in the world did that team with all of those losses in a conference tournament game beat that team that had such a great regular season? How did that little 15 seed, that little 16 yep. seed, little 14 seed beat that team they had no business beating out of a power conference? It's going to happen over and over again, and I love it. I love it. So I'm excited to be with you on the, on the Big South uh, championship game. 
uh, for that coverage. And again, it's on TuneIn through their premium service. You've got to you've got to subscribe. It's a monthly subscription. Here's a sneaky little thing. They'll tell you this. You can get the free week trial on the week of March Madness, and you'll be able to hear TJ and Jason sign up for the TuneIn uh, subscription, and you'll be able to hear everything, including you and I broadcasting the Big South Championship game exclusively digitally on TuneIn and the College Basketball Coast to Coast channel. So I'm excited about all of that and how it's going to all unfold. And I believe that's a 1 o'clock tip on Sunday the 5th? Yes, correct. It's an afternoon game. There is also uh, a Missouri Valley conference title game with an automatic bid that afternoon and i believe there's a couple of other conferences that night that crown a champion so saturday night the night before on march the 4th there's a couple that night uh as well so the first few teams is the point in the ncaa tournament we're going to be all over this that weekend and we're going to be at one of the sites for the big south championship game and here's the other scary thing too and we'll move on in these smaller conference games, you know, a lot of these teams, some of these conferences may get two bids depending on the, you know, the Mountain West and some of these other bids. The interesting thing is for all these bubble teams is when there is a bid stealing scenario in effect, when maybe, a, you know, a Mountain West team or something that we right. think is going to make it as an at-large is up against a team that won't make it unless they win the conference tournament scenario. Sure. We see one of those two every year where the bubble teams are sweating it out that these lower seated teams in these smaller conferences don't win the automatic bid. That's right. They're called bid stealers. And we don't, we don't really have a great example in the tiny conferences of a dominant team that would have an at large case, but let's, let's give you a FAU, maybe an FAU. Well, Right. Yes, exactly. So like in conference USA, if Florida Atlantic down in Boca Raton in their final year in conference USA, they're moving up to the American conference when all the realignment happens and the big 12 grabs, uh, UCF, Florida, yeah. Cincinnati, Houston out of the Big 12. So Florida Atlantic is one of the teams that's going to move up to the American. This is their last year in Conference USA. They've had a tremendous regular season. If if they get all the way to the championship game, they have an at-large case. That's a good point in Conference USA. But if somebody else gets the automatic bid, does that jeopardize FAU? Does it jeopardize somebody else in the Power Six conferences like the ACC, the SEC, right. Big Ten, Big East? We don't know. Another one is speaking of the American. Houston's the number one team in the country. Probably Memphis is the only other team with an at-large case. Right. Let's say that Memphis, my alma mater, helps their at-large case even more, but doesn't win the tournament. Houston is in. Maybe Memphis is in. Now, if a third different team wins that tournament, there would be a bid stealer. Correct. And I'll give you a couple of more, like out of the Pac-12. Yes. It's all the way out west. UCLA, Arizona, uh, USC appear to be three teams that are all going to be in. UCLA and Arizona are definitely in. USC is probably the third one in. There's not really a good case for anybody else out of Arizona State, out of Oregon, out of Colorado, anybody else. There's not really a good case. But if one of those teams puts it together and wins the automatic bid, there's a bid stealer. There's a fourth Pac-12 team besides UCLA, Arizona, USC that grabs a spot from somebody else at large. So we'll keep an eye on this uh, as it goes along. But you make a great point with all these smaller conferences. The only other good thing, too, is like for a UNC Asheville in the Big South or if FAU ends up uh, as the regular season champs in Conference USA, you're guaranteed to at least be in the NIT as the regular season champion. If you don't win the conference tournament and get the automatic bid, 
you at least know that you're in the NIT as the regular season champ that didn't make it. So that's that went into effect a few years ago. The NIT was smart to do that. So at least you have some consolation to keep to keep rolling along. Can't wait for March. And we've got a regional uh, a first and second round in Orlando yeah. right here by where Jason and I are doing the show in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and then we'll progress all the way through all the different eight opening round regional sites, four Sweet 16 Elite Eight sites to the Final Four in Houston, the first weekend in April. Can't wait for that. I know you cover, you know, obviously you do your your daily college hoop show with different guys all around the country. What is, seems to be the prevailing opinion of, of the decline of the ACC this year? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, and again, the ACC, you got to appreciate, I know you do, they've got, what, 14 schools now in the ACC, right. you're not going to get seven, eight, nine of them in the NCAA tournament every year, but this seems to be a little bit more down year. I mean, at the time that you and I are doing this and you're releasing the podcast, how in the world is Virginia, who's one of the top teams in college basketball, the top team at the top of the standings in the ACC, they go and lose, welcome to conference play, to a bad, uh, a really bad Boston College team at BC. It only makes you think how wide open is the ACC tournament going to be and right now it's like it's Virginia, it's uh, Miami, it's Duke, and NC maybe State. NC State probably, and maybe that's it at large. Pitt, does Pitt, Pitt most likely Pitt. does Pitt sneak in? Does North Carolina start doing some damage late in the year and give themselves a case? I don't think North Carolina's in right now, Jason. As so the right ACC preseason yeah. number one team in the country, not in the tournament. How about that with North Carolina after getting all the way to the title game? Now, there's still time for them to get work done, but the ACC probably five at the most. Right. So, like, Pitt and Clemson and North Carolina may be vying for a spot out of the ACC. Crazy. Have you watched any of that ACC tournament documentary? That's been pretty good on the ACC network. I have not been checking that out, but, I mean, there's so much history behind behind that tournament and everything that has gone on in that tournament um it's a it's amazing the tradition and the history going on about 60 years between not just north carolina and duke but now all the other programs that have added to it um you know just keep in mind virginia has a a recent national championship uh out of the acc and uh and certainly there are some other programs that uh, would love to do damage right i mean miami may be as high as a two seed if they keep winning uh, here in the uh yeah, in the upcoming uh, ACC tournament, if they keep winning, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's see. Let's see how it all plays out in the ACC. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, when you start going back to the Christian Leitners and the Michael Jordans and all the great players, oh, yeah. even back to uh, Lefty David Drizel, Thompson, Len Bias. Lefty Drizel at, my, at Maryland with Len Bias, David Thompson, yep. the Skywalker with uh, NC State in the 70s. I know we're going back to the Dark Ages. That, that conference has such – a tradition of great college basketball. And why do I get the feeling there'll be an ACC team, maybe two of them that make noise in the NCAA tournament? That will probably happen. Remember, John Shire at Duke, this is the first time that Duke will have a different head coach in the NCAA tournament in over 25 years. Coach K didn't coach in the mid-90s right? Uh, when he had the air back quotes problems. back the, the air quotes back problems that you remember, <laughs> but a lot of people privately behind the scenes believe it was much more than that with stress and stress related uh, situation, whatever they were bad that year. They barely got in the tournament and he didn't coach that team. 
But the other 42 out of his 43 years, he was the Duke coach. And now John Shire, a former player of his on the national title team in 2010, is the coach. How will Duke handle themselves in this NCAA tournament? I can't wait. And if you can't tell, audience, I will talk to Jason for another 30 minutes if he lets me (laughs) about March Madness. I can't wait. I love it. It's it's I'm always just I just so happen to be sick that Thursday and Friday every year. I don't know what it is. Those should just, be national holidays, brother. I know, man. They should be national holidays. Thursday Big, and Friday of the NCAA tournament, just like the Monday after the Super Bowl. Big we should 12, have the day are, off. They, are they clearly the, the, the most dominant league from top oh, to bottom? Oh, my Lord. I, I mean, when you look at the bottom of it, and Texas Tech was 1-9 and nine in the conference, and Texas Tech may be about a win or two away from having an at-large case yeah. after being 1-9. and nine, That's how strong that tournament is. Don't just listen to you and me, Bob Huggins. Bob Bob Huggins was the West Virginia coach. He's been in the Final Four at West Virginia. He's been in the Final Four previously with Cincinnati. I don't want to talk about it. They beat my Memphis State Tigers and Penny Hardaway to go to the Final Four in 1992, <laughs> my senior year. I still have not gotten over that. That's 30 years ago I haven't gotten over that. Huggins was part of the Big East in 2013, Jason Powers, when 11 Big East teams made the NCAA tournament. This is going to come up again, 11 of them. And that, at that time, the Big East had Cincinnati, Louisville, Notre Dame uh, still in the Big East uh, as part of it. Uh, DePaul, Marquette, all those teams. Yeah. They were all in it. 11 made it. Bob Huggins says this year's Big 12 with 10 teams is better than that Big East in 2013. And he would know. He yep. would be qualified to know. Huggy Bear says Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas, uh, uh Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas I'm gonna State. leave somebody else, all of them. Oak State, it is a better conference, a tougher, more demanding conference than the Big East was that put 11 teams in in 2013. There you go. It's crazy. I mean, I think Texas Tech has beaten three top 15 teams. They have. They've only got like four conference wins, and three of them are against. Well, they got you know, six now. They got okay. six now. They still have Kansas left. Yeah. They still have TCU left. And the tournament. And the tournament. If they end up getting two more significant wins, they have a case. I'm not saying Texas Tech's going to get in, but they have a case with how tough that league is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me a mid give me one or two mid-major teams that you think off the radar could make a little noise. Pick one out of uh the Mountain West in particular. Watch out for like Steve Alford's Nevada team okay. that you don't hear a lot about. Uh there's a couple of other ones there. Utah San State Diego is State. good. San Diego State, we know more about. I know what yep. you're saying, but off the radar, uh, those are a couple of them. Nevada and Utah State out of that conference. Uh, I'll be interested to see out of, uh, you know, can my Memphis Tigers get in? Would they be dangerous with Kendrick Davis, the SMU transfer who's been so fantastic if he gets healthy? Memphis might be a dangerous first four team or 12 seed. I know I'm being a little biased uh, on that. You mentioned FAU, Florida Atlantic. What are they going to look like? Uh, this This will be fascinating to see what some of these teams do when they can get in there with the big boys and uh, and mix it up. And there's so much parity this year with there not being a true dominant team. You're going to see a six or seven seed get to the final eight, if not in one or two, if not at least one region, maybe multiple regions where a six, seven, and eight seed probably gets to the final eight at least. And I would, I would not be surprised if you have a couple of teams that are outside the top two or three seed lines that get in the final four. Right. It's been that crazy of a year with all the upsets. 
Cannot wait. Cannot wait to roll the sleeves up. You know there's upsets coming. Let's watch it all unfold. All right, listen to the Power Sun Sports Podcast. TJ Reeves, host of the BetUS TV. Publish, pu- give, give us a little pub on the show. Where, where can we find the, the so BetUS Bet show? BetUS TV on all of their platforms, YouTube, on uh, Twitter, on Twitch, everywhere that they are socially. Uh, we do live college basketball, 11 a.m. Eastern time every weekday, Monday through Friday, all the way through March, all the way through the tournament. If you need your degenerate <laughs> gambling advice, this is the show for you. I'm not saying you specifically, Jason Powers, but to the audience, because we're going over everything, even small conference games, deep in the weeds, these conference tournaments. Uh, we go over it with the spreads, the totals. I have handicappers on. It is a degenerate haven on BetUS. But you know what? It keeps you on your toes to talk about all of these. There's 32 conferences to talk about all these conferences and know something about all these different teams. So, again, thank you for the plug. Find it weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time on BetUS's YouTube channel, BetUS TV. On their social media, we are there talking live college basketball every weekday, sir. Let's get to a couple things off the court that aren't so Mm. pretty. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. <laughs> Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where I once lived really close to in Birmingham. What a, you know, obviously that we all know about the situation what, six, eight weeks ago with the, with the player on the team involved in the, in the homicide. I always thought how fast that story kind of went away thinking something ain't right here that somebody's not telling all the information because it kind of got washed away pretty quickly once that player was eliminated from the team and charged and all that. Now it comes up that Brandon Miller, the All-American, top five probably picking the NBA draft, the freshman, was involved way more than we thought he was as far as delivering, you know, picking, taking a car ride to potentially pick up the, the assailant who ended up shooting the young lady and, and God rest her soul for her passing away in terrible situation. How do you, th- I mean, just give me your thoughts on how Nate Oates and that administration has handled that this week. A very poor optically look coming out of Tuscaloosa. So here are the facts uh, of, uh, of what went on, uh, elaborating on what you just said. The first thing is they already addressed the situation because he got arrested in charge with capital murder with the player Darius Miles. Miles uh, was a former Washington, D.C. high school player who transferred into Alabama. This was his second season there. He had been hurt mm-hmm. in December and had not been playing, and they had already ruled him out prior to the shooting for the rest of the year, that he was basically going to take a red shirt year, going to be out for the rest of the year. So the shooting happens. He is not the shooter. It is another individual that is the alleged shooter. Now, where Brandon Miller ties in, a much more prominent player, one of the leading players of the Southeastern Conference, as you mentioned, an NBA draft pick, what has come to light this week is that Brandon Miller was not only there, but that Brandon Miller apparently brought the gun to the scene of the argument and the dispute, the gun that was eventually used by the shooter, not the other Alabama player. Right. Okay, and so there's so many different layers to how screwed up is this? This is the first we're finding out about it. And the Alabama, real quick, the coaching yeah. staff and the in the administration knew, knew that they Miller knew. drove the gun there two months ago. Correct. Uh, they all knew, and they knew he had talked to the police, and they knew he hadn't been charged, and they're sitting on it. They're keeping it quiet. Uh, so now in the essentially the preliminary hearing where they're going over the charges and – this is this is Evidence. where the officers are bringing it up about Brandon Miller's name and about his involvement. And right. suddenly, 
the Alabama media goes crazy, as they should. That's the first time they're learning about it. So now we go down the whole road of what's worse, doing this stuff, doing doing the crime, committing the violations, or the cover-up. If right. you're trying to cover it up and you're trying to hide it, a lot of times it's way worse than if you go ahead and just get out in front of it. Uh, it makes you look like you care more about winning, about his draft stock, that you're just hoping that everybody uh, doesn't find out that he's somehow involved in a capital murder case. It hasn't it's been his, suspended. Has not been suspended. It's his vehicle. It's it's him bringing the gun to the scene, and then you've got a prosecutor who's saying there's not anything that we can charge him with. And most of us, uh, we're not lawyers. We're just playing it on the Powers on Sports podcast. Most of us are sitting back saying, "What about accessory to murder? What 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 about having some involvement in the shooting and being charged as a co-conspirator or somebody that was involved?" That's that's definitely something that's in a lot of states uh laws and and uh and criminal justice code so you're wondering if this is over with yet if the pressure won't get turned up and there could be charges coming now again at the time you and i are doing this podcast alabama is playing tonight and brandon miller is playing in the game and nate oates the coach who's done a fantastic job and just got another contract extension he's got alabama as one of the top teams in the country he didn't do himself any favors with some of the wording he used, Terrible. including wrong place, wrong time. Terrible. He's really a good kid that's never been in trouble except for this. Well, that, that's the same goes for Miles, the other player, whether he's really ever been in trouble or not. He's charged with capital murder, and Brandon Miller may end up getting charged here. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see what plays out, and Alabama definitely has more explaining to do as this unfolds. I don't think this is the end of it. I, wow. I certainly know the questions will keep being asked because they tried to cover it up for as long as they could. Because the sad part, and you and I both know this, if Brandon Miller's name was Billy Miller and he was the third guy off the bench, we'd have known about this two months ago and he wouldn't be on the Alabama team. Yeah, and unfortunately that does have something to do with it. If it's not a prominent player, it treated differently. Circumstance, and as much as everybody would go, oh, no, that's not the case, they would First do the right thing. American. Uh, look at this case. Look at this case as an example, as opposed to uh, just your your average student or somebody else that's a, a reserve or an also ran. So you're right on that front. What a mess for Alabama. It is a distraction. We'll see how long it continues to be a problem. We'll see how long Brandon Miller continues to play, because as you mentioned, Alabama hasn't done anything discipline wise. Nothing. And the authorities in Alabama can still charge him, kids. They can still come up with something if there's pressure on them to charge him with something. And that would be the end, you would think, because he's headed to the NBA right. in a couple of months anyway. He's going to be if... gone from Tuscaloosa two days after they get eliminated from the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Whatever that is. Exactly. So let's stay tuned on that. Yeah, Nate, the, 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 the lack of talk, uh, communication out of the AD has been alarming. He came out in a statement today before the South Carolina game saying, well, we're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing Brandon Miller, which is mind-blowing to me that they don't at least sit him down for a you, couple games. Yeah, and you want one better? Greg Byrne is who you're talking about, the athletic director. He's on the NCAA selection committee. Oh my He's God. part of the committee meeting to determine who the teams are in the field. Right. So – what yeah, what a situation for Alabama uh to be going through. But again, it's it's not this is a great lesson yet again. It's not always the crime, the transgression, the problem, it's the cover up, it's trying to ignore it, hide it, that often comes back and makes it even worse. And 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 I'm just gonna make this one comment and we'll move on. 
for the lack of judgment by Brandon Miller at one o'clock in the morning when your buddy says, hey, drive me, come pick me up and bring my gun for Brandon Miller to have the sense of, okay, I'm going to go do that is just mind blowing for a kid who, you know, I know, I know he's a college kid, but in this day and age, 18 years old, you know, better than that. I don't care where you come from. You should know better than that in the situation he's in where he's got a lottery ticket waiting for him in the matter of six months. Well, and look, there've been other instances and we'll move on. There've been other instances too, where there've been players, high school, prominent recruits shot to death, getting mixed up in these situations. Um, you know, shootings and being in the on the wrong end of it, not the shooter, but being shot and killed. Um, so, yes, awful decisions, de- decisions that have life altering ramifications for those. Yep. This is a life and death thing. Someone got murdered, got yes. shot to death in this. It gets no bigger than that. So uh, basketball is secondary. And let's see what happens with this situation with Miller and with Alabama. All right, let's move to the football field, the the, the gridiron. We got free agency getting ready to start. The, the the NFL league year starts in a couple of weeks, March fifteenth, I believe. Interesting date this week. You had the, the 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 start of the franchise tag window that teams can place the franchise tag on players. I think that runs through March the seventh. A couple of interesting names. I want to get your thoughts on Lamar Jackson. What do the Ravens do with Lamar? Do they put the exclusive tag on them, which means only they can negotiate with them? Or do they put the non-exclusive tag, meaning if another team wants to make Lamar an offer, they can. The Ravens could then match it. And if they don't match it, they get two number one draft picks. What do you do if you're the Baltimore Ravens? You've you've been fighting with Lamar for six months about the guaranteed money in a a long-term contract. If I'm them, how do you let him walk away, even for draft picks? I mean... If I'm the GM, if I'm pulling the trigger there, at the minimum, you do the exclusive or the uh, the right of first refusal or however you want to term it, um, the free agency tag on him uh, as opposed to the franchise tag because the franchise tag would guarantee him uh, what, like 30-plus million dollars for one season. And you would really, with your salary cap, and we saw this with the Buccaneers with Chris Godwin, and we've seen this with other teams, you want the cap flexibility to not tie up $32 guaranteed on your cap on a one-year deal, as opposed to without getting into all the salary cap uh, back and forth. You want to be able to spread that money out, and you can if you do a multi-year deal. You can't if it's just the one-year franchise deal. And so what the Bucs did is they put the franchise tag on Chris Godwin uh, a couple of years ago, and then they gave him the long-term deal. They changed it. They had the exclusive right to negotiate. They changed it, spread his money out, and that may be very well what Baltimore does. The short answer is they can't let him just walk away. Too electric of a player, and what's your other option? I mean, he is the offense for them. So there's my answer to that on Lamar Jackson. And they just and they just brought in a guy we know, Todd Munkin, to be the new OC in Baltimore. Uh-huh. So it's going to be a new offensive system for Lamar Jackson. So uh, another in your indication, in your opinion, yep, he had his choice of where to go. He's the Georgia offensive coordinator. Could have been right? a college head coach. Obviously, wants to get on the track to be an NFL head coach because he was right. here with the Buccaneers as the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. We're talking about under Dirk Cutter. He yep. then went to Cleveland for a season yep. and was with Baker Mayfield as the offensive coordinator. Right. Now has been in college at Georgia as the offensive coordinator for two national titles in a row. He had his pick of wherever to go. In your opinion, has he been assured that Lamar Jackson is going to be back or has he been told 
get ready because you're going to mold whoever we have. What's your educated speculation? He has to have been told one or the other. I, I can't believe he takes that job without being told, yes, we're going with Lamar Jackson, or without being told, we're not going to go with Lamar. You're going to have input on picking who the quarterback is, right. whatever deal we make, whoever we draft. I think he's got to be been told. What do you think? I think part of the deal with him going to Baltimore, maybe not coming to a place like Tampa or some other places, I think the stability, he knows John Harbaugh is not one year away from potentially getting fired, whereas some other spots around the league, if he goes there, those coaches are on the hot seat, and it might be a one-and-done situation depending on where he went. So I think that was part of it. I guarantee he got paid a boatload to be the OC oh, in sure. Baltimore to leave Georgia. And two and three, you you got to think as an offensive coordinator, the electric guy you could have at quarterback potentially sure. Lamar Jackson and all the things you could do offensively with him. I, I wonder if they have given him that assurance. We're not letting that guy leave. You would think he got some kind of assurance to take their job when he didn't have to. I agree. Well, now all right, let's come back to our neck of the woods here. Dave Canales just named the OC for the Buccaneers in the last few days. Comes to Tampa from Seattle, where he was the quarterback coach under Pete Carroll and a couple other roles. Worked with Geno Smith, who won Comeback Player of the Year this last year. Just your general thought about the move in general. It's interesting because it's all the way on the opposite continent, uh, uh, part of the continent, uh, diagonally to the northwest of us. But uh, they've had so much success with Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, and then Geno Smith out of that offense. Uh, and Canales, again, is, is highly regarded. They brought him in. They brought him back in and and obviously believe in him with his work specifically with Geno Smith and a young quarterback. And I thought it was interesting because, again, we're releasing this podcast today um, on the day that he met the media for the first time. He very openly talked about Kyle Trask. Now, he said, I can only talk about who we have in the building and we have one quarterback in the building right, right now because of free right. agency and everything else. I can only talk about Kyle Trask. But he had a lot of good things to say about evaluating him coming out for the draft uh and and what he sees now there's speculation that geno smith may be a free agent uh obviously seattle could put a franchise tag on him i believe right, or some right. kind of restriction on him right uh, coming here i know there's rumors about drew Locke, the former uh missouri first round pick who was a denver bronco quarterback he came to seattle in the trade for russell wilson uh, and Locke basically didn't play behind Geno Smith. It, would Canales convince the Buccaneers, bring Drew Locke in, have Locke battle with Kyle Trask? Neither right. one of them costs very much. I don't know that that's going to happen. If you ask if you ask me what would I do, you got to get a proven veteran backup. And I trust Kyle Trask here to have the chance to win the job in training camp and the preseason and the beginning of the regular season. Let's let him duke it out with a veteran and see who ends up winning the starting job. I don't have a problem with that. I don't know what they're going to do, Jason right. Powers. I don't they're know they're they're fifty. Make a... They're fifty million over the cap, we so they got to make some moves. Yes, which means they may go young at quarterback as far as inexpensive. And I think uh, Kyle Trask is a five hundred or six hundred thousand yeah. dollar cap hit. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great luxury right now to see what you have there. Uh, and, and again, let's refresh. I'm not a Gator. I, I don't apologize for the Florida Gators. I didn't go to the University of Florida. But he smashed all kinds of records two college seasons ago. Yep. This will be three years now when we get to this year. He smashed them. He smashed them in his year that he got to start and got to play in the best league in all of college football that produces the most NFL players. Are you Are you so ridiculously blind that you can't see that Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones 
and even Drew Locke getting drafted in the first round. They're all out of that same conference. Right. Give, uh, give Kyle Trask the chance to win the starting job. I'm fine with that. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they make a splash move and bring a splash quarterback in. And if they do, then Trask has got to be content just to be the backup in case something happens because it's more than likely not a competition if they do that. But I don't have a problem with the competition. This time a year ago, when Tom Brady was retired, remember air quotes, I kept saying on your show and everywhere else, I'm fine with trying Kyle Trask. Yep. I am still fine with trying at a discounted price Kyle Trask because you may be pleasantly surprised that he looks like Mac Jones or Tua Tonga-Vailoa or uh, even to a lesser extent, Joe Burrow's been fantastic. But if, if he looks anything like what some of these SEC quarterbacks recently have looked like, you're going to be fine at the yep. quarterback position, especially with the weapons you have. I'm going to give you a name that I think could be an inexpensive guy that could come in and compete with Kyle Trask, has some Florida Tampa ties from the former U- University of South Florida player, Mike White. Interesting. That From he the had Jets. Success, that he had now, he's a free he agent. He's an unrestricted free agent. He is. Interesting. He is. Doesn't cost very much. Has played a little bit. And he played well when he got the chance to play. He just couldn't stay healthy last year. Um, so that would be a guy. That, that's that's a name that I think, again, you could get him at a very reasonable price. He'll have an opportunity, like you said, to win the job potentially. So I think that would in a new offense. I, and Blaine I think- Gabbert, by the way, makes a lot of sense on coming back, familiarity with the personnel. It's going to be a different offense. So maybe that's an option. Yep. Let's just see. You got salary cap issues right now. I mean, right. if I if I'm if I'm asking for like Santa Claus things right now, uh here in February, even though it's not Christmas, can we get Levante David back as an unrestricted I free agree. agent? I don't I know agree. what kind of discount he would take, but I want Levante to play his whole career in Tampa Bay. Oh, I'm biased. And I know Jason Light and Mike Greenberg and John Spitek and everybody behind the scenes, they are they are working on it. They're trying to figure it all out. And let's see if we can bring Levante back. Last thought, I'll get you out of here. Quick thought on your buddy Rondé Barber getting into the Hall of Fame. Tremendous. I could sit here for another 15 minutes. We don't have it, but well deserved. Uh, again, the only player in the history of the NFL with at least 25 sacks and at least 40 interceptions. It's incredible the defense he was on. So give uh, Rondé, it's going to be special. It's going to be special. I know he and his brother Tiki have known them for 25 years. going to be a lot of fun. Tiki's going to introduce him, and that means we will have witnessed a defense with Sapp and Brooks. Four of them. And uh, John Lynch and him on the same defense, and Tony Dungy is the coach. Pretty incredible as a Buccaneer fan. No doubt, my friend. All right, tell everybody one more time where they can find all your great listen, work. Listen, it's great to be with you. Uh, you can find me, obviously, at Buck Sideline Guy on Twitter, B-U-C, Buck Sideline Guy. College basketball, coast to coast, is the college basketball show. Three Dog Thursday podcast. We talk underdogs in college hoops right now. Football season, we talk underdogs. That's good enough for right now. Is it a little boxing at Big Fight Weekend? I was going to say, yeah. You got some, there'll be we some got stuff in the spring, stuff. the spring and early May with, Can, you know, that that early Canelo. weekend in May with Canelo sure. and all that we stuff. We got all that stuff. But listen, uh, you're always great to have me on Powers on Sports. I look forward to doing the Big South Championship with you. College basketball coming up in a couple of weekends. You be well, my friend. Appreciate it. And, and I'll make sure that I won't take up too much space in the hotel room. I'll give you all the space you need, man. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. Thank you, sir. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete 
to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between. Reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs, corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.